0: Welcome back, listeners, writers, readers. I am so excited because today we have Willow Winters joining us. And if you haven't heard of Willow before, where have you been? Especially if you are a romance lover. She is a USA Today and Wall Street Journal number one contemporary romance bestseller. So thank you so much for joining us today, Willow. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. So... Now, the amount, how how many books have you actually written? There's a lot. There's a lot there. (laughs) There is a lot. I'm on, I
1: believe I'm on number 52 now. uh, And that's novels and novellas. Wow. that's But it doesn't include short stories though. Okay.
0: So that's, that takes it up to another next level when you add those in as well. (laughs) (laughs) And okay. Two two questions I want to ask to start off with is one, when did you first know that you were a writer? And yeah, that's my first question.
1: Probably a year after I was already publishing <laughs> because yeah. I had so much imposter syndrome. Yeah, you know, I was yep. just a stay-at-home mom. I lost my identity with my my two kids um, being at home with them all day long. I just needed something for me, and I thought, you know, I could do this. I could write something, and then I can make an extra five dollars, and I can go get coffee and ev- and everything. And it's not something I have to be concerned about because um, we were we were very 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 broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and. I saw it as a challenge and I started writing and uh, but you know I doubted myself for a while I mean I was I had multiple books in the top 20 on Amazon at once and I still didn't feel like I was a real writer wow Uh, that's how it it held on to me for a very long time so I'm not sure when I can say when but I feel like a real writer now (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) so I'm really glad that you brought up imposter syndrome because it is something that I hear quite regularly of like even asking that question it's kind of like oh well you know it, it's it's a hard thing with writers especially because it's such a lonely process even though they're published you're still sitting there alone being like oh is this my thing um so yeah do you know when that moment was be like oh okay i'm i'm doing okay
1: <laughs> i well i know that uh anytime i start to doubt I remember my read-through rate for Jace's trilogy is in the 90 percentile, like, wow, like literally right. 90% of people who read book one move on to read book two and book three. Yeah. So, and that's a very high read-through rate. Um, so that always makes me feel very secure if I ever start to doubt again. Um, so if anybody needs <laughs> any reassurance, look at your read-through. Um, and then I interact with so many um, readers now daily because I'm so active on social media yeah. that every day I'm just reminded of the good and the positive and how many people love them. So that's very reassuring. I cannot i I mean, I cannot tell you the moment that I really felt like, okay, I've made it. Yeah. Um, even yeah. when we hit USA Today in a, a box that anthology I did, I was still like, ah. <laughs> like I still had my moments, I still had my doubts um so yeah I think it's just knowing that the readers really love it and really want it like that's that's where the reassurance comes from
0: for me yeah absolutely and so you've decided to to take on this thing and you know think you're gonna make your extra five dollars how does it turn from okay I'm gonna give this a go to starting to get published how was that process for you
1: So I self-published entirely. And at first it was only a few dollars. And then I thought, well, there's got to be a learning curve because obviously other people are making more than this. And then I started looking into marketing and I started looking into advertising. um, And then I was like, I I just kept going and listening to readers and looking at what everybody else was doing. And it snowballed to the point where my husband, who was a chemist, um, nine months after I started, I said, you know, I just made your salary in a single month. Like, I I need you to quit because I can't keep writing and doing all this during nap times. I'm very tired. Um, And then that December, so almost a full year, he had quit. And within that next year, we had a very solid foundation for a business while I also had the time to write. And I consider writing my mommy time. Like, it's, it's still a hobby to me to be able to write. And then the
0: business side is the publishing side. Yeah, absolutely. So do you do most all your publishing, all yourself publishing through Amazon or you use a third party so that way? I
1: have, uh, yeah, Amazon. And then I also publish um, to Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble, Kobo. I combine the two of them. <laughs> um, Apple Books, uh, Google Play. I also uh, publish my paperbacks on Ingram, uh, Spark, which is like a paperback one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, and Audible for audio as well as Chirp which has all of the other audio sites. So I I publish everywhere that I can. And then there's also digital libraries like Hoopla. And I, I publish there as well so that, you know, people can check out the books um, on for free with their library card.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You are, I love this process of self-publishing because, and you're an absolute example of how much you can turn it into a business. It's not just this little creative hobby you have. You can turn it into something seriously successful. So what does your, sorry, actually, I'll, I'll go back for a second. When did it start? When did you start um, writing? When did, yeah, what year was that?
1: 2017, my daughter was born in 2016 in December. And in January, she would not let me lay her on her side flat down. Like she had to be up she had to be on my chest so just how I'm holding the laptop now I had it back then like that but she would be here and my arms would just be around her typing away and I actually used to read my um, novels on my computer instead of a kindle because it was just it was so much easier with her being here Um, and then I just thought you know I have my laptop here why don't I just write some of these stories that are in my head and
0: see if I can do something with them that's amazing and so since 2016 to now Mm -hmm. 2022 you've written 55 books. And is your husband now working on the marketing side of and the business side of that?
1: 12 of those books are Um, co-written. Yeah. And I think six are novellas. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's a lot. Um, I've slowed down a lot now. Like I'm writing one a season now when it used to be almost one every single month. It was intense that first year. And you can see my publishing as every year goes on. I'm like, Less and less. I think just the kids are growing up and it's actually more work. I didn't realize that the older they get, it's actually more work, which seems crazy because they're such a handful when they're, when they're so little. Um, and then, yes, my husband does my marketing and he started doing that towards the end of my first year. And we have a very, very strong groove. And then I also have my assistant, Sophie. She is my, uh, my work wife and I could not do this without her. And she helps me manage everything
0: too. Oh, that's excellent. You really have grown a very strong business in that amount of time. So go you, you, absolute power. (laughs) (laughs) So where does your inspiration and ideas come from to keep creating that many? And what does your average day look like? So to write that many books, what does your average work day look like, especially with with two two young kids?
1: So um, the story ideas, they generally come to me when I'm trying to sleep. I've always had insomnia, which is actually something my husband and I have bonded over. <laughs> um, and in order to sleep, I come up with these stories. And that's when they mostly hit me. That, or if I take a walk, like if I'm strolling with the kids, sometimes I will just zone off <laughs> into like Storyland in, in my mind. Um, so that's how they, they hit me. And then my day varies. It varies drastically because some days it's all kids. And I'm just trying to keep up with emails and social media. Some days it's all writing. Today, I actually get up at 4.30 in the morning to write the last chapter of this book because a scene hit me. And it was like, I just needed to get it out right now, even though it was like, it's due today. And I just, I was like, well, I've got it right now. Like, I'm not going back to sleep. I'm going to go write it right now. Um, And then I was going to go back to sleep, but then the baby woke up. So So I've been up for... Almost 11 hours now.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) And that's not normal. Normally (laughs) I get up, you know, 6, 15, 7, 15, maybe sometimes eight um, with the older kids. And my husband will actually get up with the baby if I've been up writing. And then a year ago, I used to, or two years now, I used to stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. Writing from the kid's bedtime until that late at night when it was very quiet. Nobody was emailing me. I didn't need to post on social. So it was my perfect time to write. Then I got pregnant. And I was exhausted. So my schedule is constantly changing. And the only thing that I keep consistent is my writing is my mommy time Mm -hmm. so that I enjoy it. And when I wake up, the first thing I do is I message Sophie to see what are my obligations for today. If I have a Facebook party, if I have a Zoom meeting, if whatever it is, and she lays it all out for me. And then I touch base with my husband if there's anything personal going on, but I have that also on my calendar. And then I break it up from there. And my rule is, if it's more than what would fit on a post-it note, it's not going to happen that day. Yeah. So wow. I try to keep everything very spaced out and that
0: way I still have my energy so that I can write. Yeah, absolutely. That that's essential, but also <laughs> the fact that you love it and it's your time, it's it's just going to be something that you keep. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how many more, more titles or more stories that you, that you yeah. have. <laughs> Um, I can't wait. I have so
1: many like lined up. I wish I could just pluck them out of my head because it would be easier. It would be
0: faster. Yeah, um, so, I know what yeah. you mean. <laughs> So how, like, how often does a story come to you? Do, are you constantly someone who, you know, when you're working on something, you've got a folder of like, oh, hang on, that's the next thing. That's the next thing I'm going to be working on. So I stopped.
1: So I used to start to write them and I would just write out scenes of these other story ideas. And yeah. I found that as soon as I wrote it down, more scenes would then fill in. Or more content would then come, or another so, so I stopped writing down anything except for one sentence that would remind me of what that story is. Like I have, um, I call it the airplane. I think I, on, on my little Excel sheet, it's called uh, the airplane idea, and has nothing to do with an airplane whatsoever. But I came up with it on the airplane, um, and it's a woman with uh, PTSD actually. But she doesn't. But they don't know that she has it, and that she's coping, and they just know that something's wrong. Uh, that doesn't sound romantic at all, but I promise it's a romance. Um, but that one sentence just triggers that story. And I, I have all of these very vivid scenes. I will not write any down until I'm ready to write it. Yeah. Because I have to like pump the brakes on some things and and not make more room for more ideas.
0: Yeah. And are you a very visual person? Like when an idea comes to you, you see it?
1: Yeah. Very yeah. much. It's, it's almost cinematic. Like I see my books as if it's a movie. So. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. a TV show if there's cliffhangers. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, what did you do before writing? Like, how, um, how, what do you attribute your imagination to essentially? Have you always thought this way and had these ideas? Well, I was always like a super nerd. I was yeah. a
1: salutatorian in high school. I went to school for biology as well as neuroscience, and they're double degrees, not double majors. And then I was in the PhD program for neuroscience. So I am like super heavy into um, all psychology and things of that nature. And I used to do a lot of writing for that because you have to write academic papers. So, and I was very scholarly. So I was always writing and writing. So writing quickly is easy for me. Um, And then it just, you know, Sean and I were engaged. Uh, I actually want to write our romance one day. It was kind of like enemies to lovers because he was such a jerk. He was, he was a graduate <laughs> student while I was an undergrad and I thought he was such a jerk. And I was like, why does he keep like sitting by me? Um, but we fell in love. And when I was in, right before the PhD program started, we got engaged and then we started talking about kids and the timing of it. And my research was based on the like, cognitive deficits and what can cause them. And both of us wanted me to be a stay-at-home mom. And then he started talking about trying to get pregnant during my dissertation. And I was like, I don't know that this aligns with this. And um, I ran myself into the ground very quickly. And it came, push came to shove. And it was which one is more important. And I chose family. So, yeah, yeah. it was, it was very difficult at the moment, but everything happens for a reason. I actually read 50 Shades of Grey, like two weeks after um, I, I actually, I quit. I got Jury Duty and my friend Natalie gave me Fifty Shades of Grey. And that was my first romance I ever read. And that changed everything. And so it all happens for a reason.
0: I was going to say, and then look at where you are now. That's amazing. It's it's those moments. I love that. So as a very successful public, uh, sorry, self-published author, what would your recommendations be to um, people who are are looking at going down this track or want to learn more about it? And... um, at how they can make their work more successful I guess so I have
1: my my slogan is write for yourself Mm -hmm. edit for the masses market for the many and that one right there is the one that I think that people get very tripped up on because it's difficult to take the artist hat off and put your marketing hat on it's very difficult to separate between the two because you get so attached to your work and you can think something is so important to have it on the cover and it is not, it will destroy your book. Nobody's going to even look at, read it because that, that cover doesn't make sense for that market. Um, so yeah, that's my, my big advice is market for the money. Take your artist hat off because if your business side isn't fueling your artist side, you're not going to be able to continue. So yeah. your artist needs to sit down and, and let the marketing be run like a business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. How do you do that? How do you manage that? Is it when you've finished a book, you're like, hang on. It's like every
1: I'm marketing every day, because especially because when I'm writing, I'm posting about it. And now I'm kind of in the groove. So keeping my writing as my mommy time and that moment feels very separate from the moment that I'm out of the dock, like the moment I I minimize that and there's emails. It's just a a different mindset entirely.
0: Yeah. Um, And I think
1: keeping them separate has been like one of the keys to my success being able yeah. to keep the two completely apart because I still like I get to write. Yeah. I love yeah. to write. And I also love the marketing and I the two working hand in hand though like that that's fueling when the marketing side messes up then doubt creeps in and it creeps in not only for marketing but also for the artist because in the back of my head you know you question is it the book? Is it yeah. my writing? Yeah. So so it's you know I try to prioritize both
0: a hundred percent. And you can't take a, you're a hundred percent. It is the marketing is so different to the book. You could write the most incredible book ever, but if it's not getting into the eyes of the people that are meant to read it, then you're not um so yeah, very good exactly. advice. Thank yep. you. Yep.
1: A good cover in the wrong market will perform worse than the a bad cover in the right market.
0: Good cover in the wrong market will perform yeah. 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 I have I like no
1: ma- it doesn't matter if it's beautiful, if it's wrong, if it's the wrong market. It's not going to sell.
0: Yeah. And how would you, uh, because this is a thing you see, you know, romance does have its preferred covers, and then thrillers and crimes do have their preferred, mm-hmm. preferred covers. How much is the cover? How, well, how much do we really judge a book by its cover? It's a. It's oh, a
1: we absolutely cover. do. I'm yeah. very active on TikTok. And when I see some books blow up on TikTok, sometimes my initial thought is, God, she would be doing better if that cover was good. Yeah. Like it's sometimes it hits me so hard where I'm like, like that's awesome that it blew up, but I really wish that had been different so that she could actually get money from it so that it yeah. fuel her. Yeah. Um so yeah. some yeah, so we absolutely do judge a book by its cover. Yeah,
0: yeah. Especially in <laughs> Amazon marketing. <laughs> if Definitely. If it's sitting there. Awesome. Now, obviously you're incredibly productive as well do you have any other um advice when it comes to writing and making that time for authors who do, you know do have other jobs or do have a busy family and and making that that happen
1: um i i feel like i'm repeating myself a little bit with the make sure that you love it but really make sure that you love it a lot of mm-hmm. people will chase tropes mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they'll see one bad review and think that they need to change their writing to suit this one one reader you cannot please any one person every time and you cannot please everyone at any one time. Yeah. So if you're writing for yourself, if you're pleasing yourself, if you're not paying attention to, well, who's who, what trope is this and and all of that and you just write what you want to read, you will find your audience. There's actually a book called Tribes. It's an excellent book. I forget who wrote it. I want to say it's Seth something. <laughs> but it's an is excellent. It said Godin?
0: Book. Is it Godin? Yes, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. That's a good book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. And is there any other, is there, is there any other books that you recommend for up and coming authors as well?
1: Essentialism. I actually recommend that for everyone. Have
0: you ever read it? I think it was years ago. I got, I got given it in a job I was in and I, I do remember reading it and it's actually one that's, I remember, I actually remember the cover very well. And I've seen it on bookshelves ever since. And I'm like, I think I need to pick that back up in a different. Mind state. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is an excellent book on like prioritizing time and happiness and finding other people who will work along beside you and then you all go faster and farther together. Uh, Yeah. I, I love that book. It's great for business, great for mindset and prioritizing your artist side and also your marketing side. Um, But I think anybody could read that book. I love that book.
0: Yeah. That's a a really good recommendation. Okay. So say someone is listening and they're written their first book and they're ready to publish, what are three top tips that you would give someone around marketing to hit that market? So, well,
1: my first instinct is to say, just make sure you edit it. I know that that's not marketing, um, but priority one is editing for me. For marketing, it's actually priority two, your cover. yeah, Make sure that your cover is hitting the market, not only the colors of it, what kind of fonts you're using, um, whether or not your font is legible in thumbnail. A good trick is to get um, a grid on like canva.com and uh, maybe like nine a nine, a three by three, right? Put your cover in the center and then grab other covers that are in the market that your reader would be reading and compare it. Is yours as good as theirs? Is your, your font too small? Is it not legible? Does everybody else have blue or silver or something? And you've got a pink. Um, like it's going to be very telling to compare in that way. Um, so that's that's that two pieces of advice. Yeah, Let me go yeah. for a third one. Third one is be authentically you. Definitely yeah. be authentically you, so that you're making genuine connections in this marketing on social media. Because it's not about getting people to buy your book; it's about connecting with people so that they hear you. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah and even this is a this is something i've actually really noticed since having this podcast too with that whole um being authentic even though it's fiction you can really see when you when you meet authors how they how they write like if you're talking authentically you can you can really see the parts of you that are that are in the books and I think that you know if someone is creating um, a personal connection with you then they're obviously they're still going to create um, that connection with your books as well so that's that's really great advice thank you
1: definitely I don't think that you can separate the artist from the art I think that there's so much that bleeds into the art and it really does resonate
0: yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Okay. do you, Is there anything, any little hints that you can give um, our readers of what you've got coming up or any stories you've got coming up or where we can find uh, all that stuff?
1: Nightingale is an anthology collection that Sky Warren put together. And I dropped everything to write a short story for that. Um, uh, it's an anthology to support uh, Ukraine right now. Oh, wow. So that is a order. Yeah, there's over 50 authors. Personally. and it's only $7.99. Um, and it, they're very notable authors. I'm very happy to be a part of it. That cover reveal was today. So I'm very excited for that. Um, and then I have a small town second chance romance with The Mechanic, which is oh. very dirty. It's called A Little Bit Dirty. <laughs> and that releases next month, at the end of next month. So I'm I'm really excited for that one. Excellent. It's sweeter. I'm not really known for my sweet stuff, but I have needed the happy and the light and I have my emotional pulls like I usually do and my my gut punches. So it's still me, still authentically me. um, But on that, you know, small town contemporary vibe.
0: I like that too. And how you say I've made it sweeter because, you know, I feel like I needed that. It's like you, you read it. I might be asking for the same thing. Like it's, it's, it's what, it's how it goes. So that's awesome. Exactly. Sometimes you need that escape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. What? Sorry. I'm just going to move back for one second. Okay. Because I forgot to ask you, how do you launch a, a? How How do you go best about launching a series? Do you usually give it a little bit of a time to to warm up before you launch the next one and and build from there? Or yeah. So um,
1: you know, this is very specific. Um, that there's reasons for this. Launch the first one live. Don't do a pre-order, but in the back matter of book one, make sure that there's a pre-order for book two. Mm -hmm. And it can be one month out. It could be three months out, um, whatever it is, uh, whatever it has to be for your artist and your marketing side to be able to make it work. I would not put book one on sale until book three is out. And that way you're getting that ROI on that ad spend. And then you can push and your readers are binging and they're so happy to be able to binge because people will buy book one when it's on sale and not read. If they know that you have more like books coming and then it's just sitting there, you know, and that's, that's no fun. Um, And also make sure that they're linked. And that way on Amazon specifically, uh, when the next one comes out, they will alert your reader um, that it's out and, and focus on that back matter. Definitely focus on the back matter. I have a whole, I don't know if, you know, I have a TikTok called uh, Willow Author Insight. And I go over some specifics like that and why it's helpful and, and all of
0: that. Oh, perfect. I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes because that, that's going to be amazing for people. I like how you say that, though, too, because, you know, when you I'm a binger and, I, you know, readers are bingers when you go to have a series. And I feel like series are, are very important when it comes to, you know, building the story and building up um, your readership. Yeah, you do want that that binge when you have a book out you don't want to wait oh I've got to wait this so long for the next one etc so that's that's um really smart to do it awesome all right like my last question for you is a writing prompt so um listeners have to write one to two paragraphs on the specific writing prompt for them to win a copy of all he will ever be so oh, awesome. yes yeah, so I'm, I'm, very excited. I'm very excited for that so Yeah, what would you, is your writing prompt for, sorry, listeners?
1: So I would say, um, describe, I'm so sorry. No, that's Um, fine. (laughs) Describe (laughs) the moment um, that the heroine and the hero were totally going to go romance. Um, Describe the moment that they meet when the last time they spoke, um, he made it very clear that he was done with her. Something like, like enemy, almost enemies to lovers second chance like yeah. yes I that love moment. that like bring out that emotion and and get that spark back yeah so two, two paragraphs might be a little bit hard to do that but <laughs> oh,
0: I have I faith have, in so you on, guys it's yeah. fine I'm keen have... to read these That's... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is excellent awesome thank you so much for that Willow. and can you um yeah give us all the dates of where we can get in contact with you absolutely Oh, right, right now Oh, I can, I'll put it in the show notes if you like. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. How gorgeous is Willow? Now I have all her details in the show notes of where to get in contact with her. I really highly recommend checking out her Instagram and her TikTok. She has so much more information on publishing and her books on both of her platforms there. All her books are available on Amazon as you can just search Willow Winters and you'll see her full published list. But to, to win a copy of All He Will Ever Be, just head to com slash podcast. Fill out the writing prompt there and you could be winning her book and getting that sent straight to your door. Awesome. I know I'm sure you guys took so much for that. Get in contact with me if you have any more questions. Otherwise, I will see you guys on next week. I won't see you. I'll be speaking to you on next week's episode.